Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Caraman. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Excited to continue on with our top 10 position rankings heading into the 2022 season. In this episode, we will be doing the second baseman and third baseman top 10 rankings. And uh, let me just say, second base was pretty tricky, but I had a lot of trouble with third base doing my top 10. Yeah, I think second base too, again, is one like catcher where you get through, I think the top five, maybe top six, and then all of a sudden, everyone becomes very similar. That That's where I had trouble. But then third base is another animal where you have so many highly talented players out there to choose from. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. And I will start with my number 10 second baseman. A guy I'm very familiar with. It is DJ LeMahieu of the New York Yankees. DJ LeMahieu is a very interesting player because you look at his stats when he was with the Rockies, and the OPS plus was 93. So he's never been an above average hitter prior to coming to the Yankees, even though he did win a batting title when he was there. And look, he, he hits for a good average, and he has a good on-base percentage, but his power was just never there. I mean, he had seasons where he'd hit five home runs. So now that he's the kind of guy where his home runs picked up a little bit, he's starting to strike out a little bit more uh, uh, when it comes to per-plate appearance. And his 2020 season, I don't want it to be this, you know— outlier of his entire career because I do think he's a fantastic hitter but the 2019 and 2020 we, we saw just a completely different guy than we saw throughout the entire 2021 season and it's a real shame I mean he was hitting the ball into the ground a lot his his whole approach changed at the plate and I really think that he can move himself up on this list I mean had he Probably coming into last year, people were probably saying he was the best second baseman or one of the best second basemen in the league. And now, like, he barely is cracking my top 10. So that's how much one year, especially after watching the guy play, you know, can uh, impact you. Well, Brandon, coming up next, my number 10, I'm going to go with Jonathan India. Look, this is a guy that the Reds should feel really excited about. I mean, you've got a rookie here, rookie of the year, who ends up with an 835 OPS, 113 OPS plus, including 21 homers. Again, in, in his first year, the only thing that kept me from getting too excited about, it, again, a rookie of the year, I think that goes a long way at a position like second base where – it's not, again, not as full outside that top five or six. The defense was brutal this year. 
I believe it ended up in terms of outs above average, minus seven outs above average, the worst among all qualified second basemen. That's going to be something that has to be cleaned up if he's going to continue to go and rise up this list. My number nine player is also Jonathan India. Uh, you know, he wins the NL Rookie of the Year. And you're right, hitting is certainly there. Very talented hitter. Defense, there's certainly a lot left to be desired with him. But uh, he's young. He's only 24 years old. They were also kind of having him play a position he's not used to. He's a primary third baseman in college. And they were having him play second base. Remember us talking about how the Reds had like Everyone in their infield was a freaking third baseman. I mean, it was crazy. So maybe he could eventually move back to third or, you know, get some more reps at second. But he's young. I'm sure that he will get a lot better on that side of the ball with age. Well, for my ninth, I'm going to go here with Gene Segura of the Philadelphia Phillies. Look, this is a, another guy we're talking about here, like DJ LeMayhew, high on base guy. Always has been, always will be. The power has gotten better over the last couple of years. This is another guy who I think is just kind of in a Jose, a light Jose Abreu way. Consistent. Like, you're, you know you're at least going to get something good out of this guy. Relatively decent on both sides of the ball. Again, too, I, I'm saying this just decent, but this guy was a 3.7 war guy. This guy is almost an all-star caliber player in this last season. I have no doubts about putting him in my top 10. My number eight second baseman is Colton Wong of the Milwaukee Brewers. He put together one of his best seasons in his entire nine-year career this past season. He plays 116 games, 14 homers, 50 RBIs, Slash line 272, 335. The slugging comes way up. The, his highest slugging percentage of his entire career at 447. And we know what he brings defensively. The Brewers are kind of built on pitching and defense. He fits into that kind of uh, mold perfectly and is just a solid player. He's going to give you offense here and there. He's certainly not the best hitting second baseman but he's solid enough and defensively he can he can turn a double play he's a guy that you want there in in your middle infield so i have a lot of uh high praise for colton wong next i have at number eight dj lemay look those were very impressive seasons his first two in new york but as we don't need to remind you not just some of the balls were juiced during the 2019 and 2020 seasons, all of the balls were juiced. That has to have had a big impact on him based on just how he plays. Again, some of the stuff with the Yankees philosophy compared to Colorado was different, but the fact of the matter is we're talking about having five home run seasons, six home run seasons, eight home run seasons, eight home runs in 155 games at course. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get it done at cores, then you're clearly not a power hitter. So something has to change quick. He can't keep doing what he's doing right now, even if that did end up making him the best hitter in the American League last year in 2020. It isn't going to work now. He needs to figure this out by next year, or else I don't think there's a way I can bring him back into this top 10. All right. My number seven second baseman is jose altuve of the houston astros still salty not salty actually um his 2020 was terrible i'll say that first his 2019 and 2021 were great so there's that and the thing with altuve that i'll say is look of course i'm a yankees fan and whatever but when I look at these guys I have ranked ahead of him, and sure, it might be a little low here, but to me, he's pretty interchangeable. At least the last three years of his play 
has been pretty interchangeable with these other guys I have ranked ahead of him. Not saying that he can't do better, because we've seen him do a lot better. I mean, he finished third in MVP in 2016. He wins it in 2017. You know, that, that's whatever. He But he wins the MVP. He's for sure a great player. But based on his last three years, where in 2019 he had what you could consider a down year in the first half. He'd only played 124 games. I'm going to rank him 7th. That's where I see him, but y you could put him much higher, and I would not disagree. All right, next on my list at number 7, I have Tommy Edmond. This, of course, not not that great for that. I mean, again, a very average player in his second two years compared to a very strong first 92 games in 2019. But what stands out with this guy is tremendous glove at a second base. Ends up with 13 outs above average. That is the majority of his value is coming from to get him to 3.7 war on the season. And the fact of the matter is this guy's still 26. He's not abysmal. Again, he's not abysmal at the plate. He is slightly above average. He's 7% below the average hitter right now. And he's giving you the best defense in the league at second base. That's why he's such an asset with such room to grow. Tommy Edmond was my number 11 second baseman. LJ, I fully agree with that last part. He is a great asset. He's going to improve in the future, and I do think he'll be in my top 10 either uh, after next year or uh, in a few years for sure. But my number what number are we on six my number six is Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals another one of those guys who's just extremely underrated and needs more attention than he gets LJ let me tell you his games played since 2017 145 158 162 in 2019 all 60 in 2020, all 162 in 2021. He's had the most at-bats every single year for the last three years. And this year, sure, he ends up with a 91 OPS plus, not the best. He had 184 hits, 42 doubles, which led the league, and 40 stolen bases, which led the American League. He still is extremely productive offensively even with a 91 OPS plus also led the MLB in sacrifice flies with 12 which is you know that's 12 RBIs for you right there so I'm a huge fan of what he does uh, year in and year out for the Royals all right well next on my list I'm gonna go with Jorge Polanco we're gonna start getting into the really high value guys in these next again these last i think the last six are really really good that's where the bread and butter of the position is for this one only one all-star to his name but it feels like there should be more again consistently high ops guy 125 this year after slashing 269 323 503 with 33 home runs and anybody who breaks the 30 mark is a very job it's a job well done so overall i see a guy who the twins certainly are glad that they have in the middle infield that can play both positions and certainly was a standout a second this year my number five is jorge polanco lj you touched on it perfectly had a five war season 4.6 war in 2019 i mean you're talking 10 war just across two seasons that goes a long way when you think about it. So he's very young, still only 28 years old, and really excited to see what he's going to do in the future, especially now that, that a Byron Buxton got his extension with the Twins. Hopefully they can build something around those two because they're both very young, exciting, and great hitters. Well, Brandon went into a lot of detail on my number five here. Whit Merrifield, 
40 bags this year on top of another great defensive performance this year. Look, there's a reason that he is constantly in trade rumors, and it's not because the team doesn't want him. It's because everybody wants him, and everybody should want him because that's how much value he can bring, especially if you're not looking for this guy to be the star in the middle of the order. If he can be the star leading off or on the back end of the order, he's going to bring tremendous value to your team where he's not necessarily asked to be the focal offensive creator, but he's going to create create value in every way imaginable outside of that. Fantastic player, certainly a top five second baseman. My number four is Ozzy Albies of the Atlanta Braves. And Albies is, I, I can't even like fathom that this guy is still 24. He's going to be 25 by the time the season starts. But he's been playing since, he's been playing since he was 20 and still has so many years ahead of him. He's just been so consistent is really all I can say. He missed a lot of 2020 with an injury, but outside of that, He's played over 155 games in all the full seasons that he's been on the roster. He's going to give you above-average hitting, above-average defense, and he's got some pop, too. I mean, 30 home runs in 2021, that was by far his career high. Actually went for 106 RBIs, which, while may not be great when talking about player value, in terms of how you impact your team, um, on that kind of like win probability added, RBI is certainly a big stat. So nice to see him getting that. Certainly the Braves offense is very loaded, and he hits at the top of the lineup. You see he gets on base a lot. He, he gets a lot of plate appearances in general and uh, switch hitter too. So very, very valuable, and Braves shouldn't I mean they have him locked up long term and so smart because if not if he was in a situation like a Whit Merrifield was teams would be going crazy over this guy trying to get him in trades well my number four I've got Jose Altuve look I know what happened I mean it certainly was to a contributing factor in that MVP I'm sure but the fact of the matter is, outside of that year, he's consistently been great with the exception of 2020, which, to my knowledge, I thought we all decided we were going to give guys a pass on. A 60-game stretch is hardly something to judge a career on, unless it, of course, is compacted with the 2021 also not being there as well, which it certainly isn't for him. Look, this is a, a two-year All-Star gap, of course, with no All-Star game in 2021, but a one one year for that, no accolades in there, not even MVP votes. MVP votes, I think, is a big thing to me just because, you know, you're being considered among the top probably 15 players in your league consistently. That says something. I see more of that in the future for Jose Altuve. I think the next couple of years, you're going to see him get back to that stretch of respect that he got from about 2014 to 2018 now that we're a little bit past the stuff with the Astros and people are going to again, look at him as one of the premier second basemen. All right. My number three second baseman is Jake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres and very underrated player. Rookie year in 2020, he balled out. I thought he had a very good argument to get the NL Rookie of the Year in 2020. It's just that Devin Williams put up ridiculous numbers and should should have got it. But Jake Cronenworth, second place in that Rookie of the Year voting. Comes back and puts up a five-war season in 2021. All-star, 21 homers. 800 OPS, and sure, second base is his primary spot. He can shift over and play first base. He can play shortstop, kind of like a Max Muncy type. Uh, yes, it is only his second year, so he is actually going to be 28 years old, though. 
starting 2022, but when you look at that Padres infield, everyone is immediately uh, gravitated to your Fernando Tatis, your Manny Machado, your Eric Hosmer, but Jake Cronenworth is just as good relative to his position as all those guys uh, in my mind. You see, it's the versatility for Jake Cronenworth with me, not only what he's already shown, he's shown to be able to do at a high level um, at second base, of course. And yeah, what I was saying. But I, I think my thing is we are on the precipice of an age where position player pitcher is really going to start to blend, I think. I think the Shohei Otani stuff has opened the door for a lot of guys to, if not be regular parts of a rotation, to be late blowout relief work that's actually of quality. Like the whole using a pitcher in the ninth inning thing, the whole, all the stuff that happened with Chicago and Minnesota and everything. I think that's going to end up developing a way for them. I think Jake Cronenworth is going to be a big piece of this next era where you're going to have guys for that long relief role that aren't necessarily your everyday high quality picture as well. Again, this is all speculation, but this is a lot of the reason why I like this guy is there's a lot of upside for future usage outside of what he's already doing. He's already doing what he does so well. Yeah. I remember when he was pitching, he like, I I forget how fast he was throwing, but he was hitting like the eighties, wasn't he? Mid eighties, high eighties. He was, and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure whether it was college or middle of the. Uh, I want to say he did some time in the minor leagues as a pitcher. He also pitched and he came in to pitch one game in 2021. It says he got yes. two outs. It was the uh, Dodgers game. That's right, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised I'm surprised they didn't situation. use him more. I think there's gonna be guys like that who do that more. Um, particularly another guy who's talked about it is Alex Verdugo. He said definitely not this next year, but like seeing the opportunity to help the team and be a value to the team in more different ways. I think you're gonna see guys that are like, hey, I might kind of want to develop some form of pitching skill on the side. And that's gonna certainly be of high value for teams. All right, well, we both had Jake Cronenworth at our number three spot. Coming in at number two for me is Brandon Lau of the Tampa Bay Rays. This guy really impressed me in 2021. Uh, Prior to that, look, I knew he was good. I knew in 2020 he had a very solid year. But really, since he's come into the league in 2019, he's given the Rays everything they could have asked for out of uh, a second baseman. He, you know, 39 homers and 99 RBIs this year. He hit three against the Yankees in game, was it once? It was either game 160 or game 161 of the season. And it was a huge blow to us because we could have clinched, I believe, to the wild card, clinched it at home maybe, even if enough stuff went right that day. So... He's a great player. I was really excited to see that he could keep his production up across a full season. He gets 150 games in just about. So, uh, yeah, keep your eye out on this guy. Don't let him being on the Rays, you know, don't don't underrate him because of that. He should have been a silver silver slugger nominee for second base. Unfortunately, he wasn't. They picked DJ LeMahieu instead. Absolute travesty there. Yeah, I mean, can we talk about the uh, sneakiest 39 home runs of all time, possibly? Is it more sneaky than Juan Gonzalez in 2001 hitting 57? (laughs) Um, No, but... Sneaky. I mean, if you consider the era, at that point, everyone everyone hit 60 home runs. So Excuse me, not Juan Gonzalez, Luis Gonzalez. Got it wrong. Um, all right, well, that, that, that I think sells it. Then, yes, it was definitely the sneakiest if we can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> but, yeah, either way, look, this is one of the best second basemen in the league. We talk about another guy with versatility that seems to be the common theme at second base. 
this guy's going to continue to be really good for the Rays. I just hope he stays a Ray. I mean, they, they've moved on from a lot of good guys, but I have to think that they see their opportunity now, right? They're going out and they've been aggressive in trade this last year. They go in hand, wander a big extension already. I have to think that he has to be the next choice of them to keep around if they're going to keep anyone else around. So hopefully that goes their way, goes the fans way as they could really be a true contender in the next, for the next couple of years. LJ, you're number two. Brandon Lau. Got it. Okay. Well, assuming we have the same number one, we're going we with Marcus Simeon of the now Texas Rangers. Uh, Marcus Simeon, yeah, just comes into Toronto, casually moves to second base, puts up the best second base hitting season ever. 45 homers, 102 RBIs, plays in every single game, 133 OPS plus, also wins the gold glove, seven war, silver slugger, and this is coming off an 8.4 war season he had in 2019 with Oakland where he had 33 homers. I mean, what else is there to say about this guy? This was the easiest thing. I started my list at number one. I just put Marcus Simeon. I mean, there wasn't even a, it, it wasn't even a question to me. There's there's no way to question this pick, Brandon. Again, you've hit hit it very well. I guess the only question that we have left to talk about is what? How on earth is Oakland so poor that they could not pay find the extra eighteen million to keep around one of the best they players? Need, certainly, they the best player. Their qualifying offer, like they, they couldn't find. Like what is it? What would have been that year? Sixteen million or eighteen million? I think it was eighteen million in twenty twenty. Eighteen million dollars. Like they, they couldn't find that lying around. And the thing is, is that even if you don't sign him, you literally get a draft pick, which teams like Oakland love. That's that's your whole mo is getting these young guys. And now it's like, no, we don't even want to give him the qualifying offer. Oh. And now he's on. And now he's on an AOS team to just torture them for the next however many years. It's beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so we've got our rankings now. I believe I have this done right. Coming in at number 11, we have Gene Segura. Tied for 10th, we've got Colton Wong and Jonathan India. Next, we have a two-way tie for 8th place between Tommy Edmond and DJ Lemayhew. Ozzy Albies sits here at seven with also seven points. Now we have a three-way tie for fourth with Whit Merrifield, Jorge Polanco, and Jose Altuve. And then we've got we go in chalk through here, but all of us, both of us agreed on the top three here. Jake Cronenworth, Braden Lau, and then Marcus Simeon. All right. Well, we will take a quick break and we'll be back to do the third baseman. All right, we're back, ready to rank our third baseman. And it's going to be LJ starting off with his number 10. And number 10, give me Matt Chapman, a guy we would have been talking about easily in the top three a couple of years ago. But oh, how the mighty have fallen. Defensively, this guy is still as strong as ever. I don't think that's ever really going to change, but... The offense has just become so bad, so anemic. He ends up leading, by the way, um, defensively, 17 outs above the average this year. That's ridiculous. But I, anyway, my point being, this guy has got to find a way to get things back on the right track offensively if we're going to take him seriously. But at this point, I don't see a way that with his defensive production, you can take him outside of the top 10. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready unless he really falls off. Like if he ends up like, if we're talking about an 80 OPS plus instead of consistently declining down to now being an average hitter, yes. But like at this point, I don't see him doing what he's doing right now as being anything less than top 10. Uh, I I agree with that. However, I am going to go with at my number 10 spot. Josh Donaldson, as I'm going to be getting to Matt Chapman in a little bit. Josh Donaldson has just raked his entire career. And having to put him at 10 sucks because he's a phenomenal third baseman. Everywhere he's gone, every team he's been on, even when he was on the Indians for like 20 games or whatever that was, he was really good. Hasn't gotten as much love when it comes to MVP voting uh, the last few years as he's put up good stats, but just outside the top 10 numbers in the league that you would want. Uh, Also, injuries 2020 slowed him down a little bit. Also in 2021 was not fully healthy for the whole year, but is certainly a clutch player comes up with a lot of late game home runs and uh, I can't believe I had to rank him 10th but uh, big respect to Josh Donaldson I love his approach and the way that he talks about hitting Brandon may I make a retroactive rule change because I'm looking at some of my logic and realizing that there was none in one of these picks sure um, I'm going to move Matt Chapman up to 9 literally just to switch him around with my new number 9 Ryan McMahon who I still stand by as really a great player. He does a lot of the same things that Matt Chapman's able to do at this point. Just the offense isn't there yet. Let's see where he goes in the next couple of years. He's got potential to rise up this list, or I could easily see him falling off in the next year. But certainly a good, really good replacement for Nolan Arenado here for Colorado. That was Jeff Breidich's plan the whole time. Was He's got Ryan McMahon. But at my number nine spot, we're going with Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Another extremely consistent third baseman who does nothing but hit. Uh, injuries have got the best of him throughout really his entire career. But when he's healthy, very productive. He's coming off a year, 2021, where he was an all-star, 830 OPS, 123 OPS plus, uh, and 3.7 war. So not bad. You know, his team was about three points, won about 3.7 more games because of him playing than compared to a AAA player, essentially. So very solid year from him and uh, is certainly... I couldn't see him signing with anywhere else than the Dodgers. And there was a thought that he was going to go to the Brewers heading into 2021, but thank God he didn't. All right, next, I'm going to also go with Josh Donaldson here after he ended up being the 10 for Brandon. He's the 8 for me. Look, you, so many guys struggle with moves too. We're talking about him being good everywhere he's gone. Over 11 years, it's now been one, two, three, four, five teams. 
and you see consistently high numbers just about everywhere, especially during that stretch where, again, it's one thing just to put up good numbers. It's another thing to put up good numbers on good teams. And he certainly did that during the early part of his tenure in Toronto, where they were really something special over there. So it feels good to still have him here as much as he did his whole attention-seeking thing with the spider tech gate stuff last year. I still certainly have to respect him as a hitter. All right. My number eight third baseman is Matt Chapman, which LJ touched on very well. You're right. I thought a couple years ago that I'd be putting him in my top three third baseman at this point. Unfortunately, uh, the strikeouts have gotten the best of him, LJ. Uh, 202 strikeouts this past season. And the batting average has just continued to go down. What hasn't gone down is his defense, which is... Is he the closest thing to Angelton Simmons' production we've seen at third base? Other yes. Like, Arenado is close in defensive production not, to Chapman, but it's kind of like really Chapman though. above everybody, yeah. It's Chapman. I, so I think there's a gap between Chapman and everyone else at this point. It, and it's it, going to continue to get bigger, too, because of where those guys are in their careers. I like Matt Chapman. If If he can turn it around he's going to get a lot of money. I mean, this is, I don't know when he's a free agent. He's a free agent in 2024. So, LJ, if he can start to hit these next few years, we could be talking about a very nice payday for him. Absolutely. Um, coming in at number seven, start up the hot take machine, Joey Wendell. Woo-hoo-hoo. It's our Joey guy. Joey Wendell gloves. gets in here. Look. Above average hitter, always got to gotta say it. But certainly, I mean, we're talking about a top 10 defensive third baseman this year. Uh, ends up with four outs above average, three runs prevented. Look, and then the other thing is you have to think about the competition. This guy fought off th- uh, the upcoming careers of three different prospects. I mean, technically, he didn't f- fight off Wander Franco, but you had – Three guys here, Vidal Brujan, Taylor Walls, and Wander Franco in there. Yes, they weren't great, but they were they were still good in their first outings, particularly Taylor, especially Taylor Walls defensively. It would have been very easy to move Wander to third and keep him in there defensively, but there's a reason that Tampa could not keep Joey Wendell out of the lineup. And Overall, I mean, I think that's the big reason why I put him at seven is just because, again, you've got high-level guys that everyone was looking forward to, looking at, that he said, no, this is my territory, and I'm going to continue to stay in the lineup. And let's not forget, Joey Wendell was also fighting off a guy in Yandy Diaz who is a well above average hitter and just plays the corner infield spots. They pretty much alternate him between first and third base. Yandy Diaz still played 60 games at third this year, but Joey Wendell, another guy who can slide around and that's what the Rays like to do. They find spots where they can, you know, play Wendell at second, short, or Yandy Diaz at third. So a lot of respect for Joey Wendell because he doesn't wear batting gloves. Yes. All right. Number seven is Chris Bryant for me. Me and LJ had to have a conversation on what we considered Chris Bryant's position. We settled on third base because I said he plays every outfield spot and he played the most games at third this year, but can we really call him like he he's not a full-time third baseman we should say that no however the hitting is finally back with chris bryant we're gonna like lj said we're throwing out 2020 that was you know 
whatever happened in 2020 stays in 2020. You take 2020 out of Chris Bryant's career, and it's been nothing but fantastic production. Production? Yeah. I'm sorry. Just the stats that he's put up in seven years, pretty impressive. 167 homers, uh, 278 batting average, 880 OPS. And he's going to be there with the RBIs every year, every year too. You know, the Giants found it best. They kind of put him everywhere in the batting lineup, and it works. So, certainly interested to see where he lands in free agency. But, uh, yeah, can't forget about Chris Bryant. Coming in at number six, I have Justin Turner. The dude just reeks. I mean, since he came over in 2014 to the Dodgers, it has been consistently ridiculous numbers that this guy has put up. And I think there's one thing above all that sets him apart for me in terms of just showing how good a player he is. Let's look back at the competition. Where has more competition for a position than the Los Angeles Dodgers? He has maintained their third baseman, and more importantly, they went out of their way to pay him out of their way to make sure that he came back to the Dodgers after that championship in 2020. That goes to show you, they could have easily moved somebody else into that spot. They could have found a replacement just like that, but they wanted him. They saw the value in him. I also see the value in him at third base. All right. Coming in to my number six spot, we have Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. Alex Bregman is interesting, very interesting to me because, first of all, you have his 2018 and 2019 where he finishes fifth and second in MVP voting. 2020 was still solid. He only played 42 games, though, so you can't base much on that. And then in 2021, hurt for a lot of the season, only plays in 91 games, and only puts up a 113 OPS plus the hitting it it was not the Alex Bregman we were used to look i can't look past the 2018 and 2019 where he combined for 17 war in two seasons that's mike trout levels there you don't see that very often he's sure surely an extremely valuable hitter with a great eye high on base percentage I'm going to have to keep him here at six based on what he is coming into the season, but has a lot of potential to move up should he put up another uh, one of his years that I know is certainly capable. I definitely goofed, and I'm not sure how I managed to do this, but I forgot about Alex Bregman. (laughs) So let me just talk about Alex Bregman here. I'm not going to change my list. That that feels wrong at this point because at the same time, there must be a reason that he did not come to mind. So I mean, I, I understand where you are, Brandon, and I think you're putting him in a very fair spot here, but to go back to my whole thing of 2020 didn't happen unless it was corroborated by another season's data and it kind of is here i know 91 games isn't a lot and there was injury in there but that's still very comparable numbers to 2020 i think there's reason to be concerned if you're an astros fan and a alex bregman fan that his production is going to last odds are yes odds are he could get back to something around that 130 ops i think that's a fair spot for him to be and if he is he should have gotten my list i probably put him in there around seven i don't think i push him above justin turner right now but that's overall a very fair place to put him i don't think he i don't think he should be any lower than seven i don't think i could put him any higher than that anyway my number five here is going to be chris bryant chris bryant again changed the game and 
the game adapted. The game changed to him as they as it naturally had to as everybody else tried it. He struggled, but he's figured it out, and I think he's going to continue to be a high, high-level player. I think I see multiple 130 OPS-plus years out of him in the near future, certainly through the rest of his prime. We talk about him not being a full-time third baseman. That's because he is probably the the best utility player in the league. We talk he's, about this. He's a Ben Zobris type now. Yeah, and it's like you know what I would love to. I I love that type of guy, or that, at least that might be what type of that would be the type of player I'd want to be on a team where. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm finding the extra value of being able to play at whatever position is most convenient for the team that day. Like, it's one thing to be a utility player that can play anywhere, but you're just kind of there offensively. Like, the reason that you're a utility player is because there's no direct position to just slot you into. Like a Brock Holt. Yeah, like, that guy, he still gets definitely has value because of the versatility as off the bench, but he's not a everyday player this is a guy who's an everyday player but he'll go to the best place that's convenient for you and that just provides so much value it excites me it helps and like think about how much it helps helps managers to be able to give other guys days off because it's like oh yeah we'll just slide him to center field why not we can slide him to right field we'll give him a day off so well i think um You talk about who'd love him, Kevin Cash. Yeah, well, like well, we talking about. I thought he was going to get traded to. I was for yeah, sure. Yeah, we talking so much about him getting traded there, and it's like with teams that particularly like to platoon. Can you imagine if like okay, we've got a great, he he's solid all around, but we've got a great lefty hitter for third base and a great righty hitter for right field, and you just swap him back and forth from replacing one of the others for every platoon uh, situation versus left and versus right. There's so much value to this, just having a guy you know what, no matter what, has to get into the lineup, but could get in anywhere. All right. Number five on my list is Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox. Probably the highest. If I had done this list every single year, uh, this is probably the highest. He's been on my list. Just came off of a very nice season where he finished 11th in MVP, won the Silver Slugger, was an all-star. Uh, unfortunately, though, he had his worst defensive season yet, which is now fully cause for concern with me. I was, I have notably and famously been hard on Rafael Devers because of his defense. Hitting ability aside, which I think is fantastic because no one just goes and hits 54 doubles in your age 22 season if you don't have some sort of talent. He can hit the crap out of the ball. It's just, how do you have this the stat line that he does this year and you look at it and it only amounts to 3.5 war? The... Defense drags him down so much, and you look at his RBI numbers, he's so impactful on the offensive side that the Red Sox, in my opinion, need to either figure it out with him defensively or he needs to be a DH because there's just no—you can't be constantly losing this, this value when you have a guy that's this good. Right, I have to also I have to apologize again for my list because I forgot somebody else. It's not right. I didn't forget Rafael Devers, but I forgot another uh, top player that definitely should have been here. My list is a hot mess, but um, yeah, you're right, Brandon. 
it is cause for concern, but not necessarily because it's been so bad. It's what happened last year, or was it last year? Or was it was 2019. 2019. He 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 has proven that he can do it. Like he has had a good season before. It's not like he's been consistently bad, but it's just like it's been so up and down, and that's really how it shows in his season two because it's not even necessarily the hard plays that he always misses. It's it, it's just a strange situation. Another great player, I'm just going to say that now instead of my next. Um, Manny Machado mm. is, is fourth on my list. I think uh, anyone can tell that this guy is a fantastic player. Uh, and the fact that he's a, able to just or willing to move over to shortstop and be a really solid option there defensively not great but really good offensively has never really been bad i mean one two seasons that's it maybe or maybe even half a season i guess i could say he was necessarily bad so this is a guy who has the longevity has the talent i could as much as i as hard as i tried i could not keep him out of my top five At my number four spot, I have Yoan Mankata of the Chicago White Sox. LJ just had quite the reaction there. Let me tell you guys about Yoan Mankata because I feel like he goes under the radar for kind of no reason. 2019, this that season that he put up was... I mean, 315 batting average, 548 slugging percentage. You put up a 140 OPS plus. 2020, he was still very serviceable on a playoff team. And uh, in the 52 games he had, he certainly was not terrible. 2021, stays healthy. Once again, he's never had any issues regarding health in his entire career. Puts up a four-war season once again. When you're talking about over the last three seasons, 2019, 2020, 2021, he's got the third most war out of third baseman. I'm putting him at four, but he's still a young player. I think that 2022 personally could be his huge year, his sixth war year. He's got the lineup protection. He's got other great bats around him. So pitchers are going to have to give him pitches to hit. And I think we could see a huge season from this guy. Uh, hence my high rank, high ranking. But you look at what he's done the last three years, and you could certainly make a solid argument for him being this high. Juan Mancata was my 11. Of course, this list was just atrocious. But... um. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean in terms of him having his big breakout year. I don't think he's done enough to break top five at third base. Top five at third base is a ridiculously elite group of people. So he's not there for me, but you think about it. This is going to be – he's been putting up good enough numbers, and now he's going to get a full year with the outfielders back. Everyone's going to largely be healthy for this team Going into next year, this is the perfect time for Juan Mankata to show his worth. Coming in number three, we've got Nolan Arenado. Again, these are world-class guys. I don't think we need to explain much more about Nolan Arenado. He is a walking old glove while also being able to put up a 120 to 130 season at will. I genuinely want to see how far he can go in terms of defensively. Like, how many more gold gloves do we see in his future? He has not missed since he entered the league. That's amazing to me. He's on a Brooks Robinson pace here where Brooks Robinson won the gold glove, I believe, every year from 1960 to 1975. Arenado so far has done every year since he came into the league in 2013. He's not missed a single year yet, but... He is not my number three because my number three is Manny Machado. Uh, LJ touched on him a little bit. I actually think Manny Machado is now getting overshadowed by Fernando Tatis. Is Manny Machado an asshole? Yeah. 
Is he a good baseball Very player? So. Absolutely, yes. Uh, the consistency has been there for him his entire career. Uh, he just came off of a 2021 where he was very good in 2020 he had a legitimate argument to win mvp uh he finishes third in that voting but uh certainly one of the best position players to have never won an mvp so far uh you know he came into the league when he was 19 years old lj he's already got 45 war in 10 years uh that's a remarkable amount. He's well on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer. Uh, really, if he plays six or seven more years and does somewhat something similar to what he's done, he's an easy Hall of Famer. Especially if, some, if a guy like Scott Rowland has a chance this year. Brandon, now that I've seen enough of your list, I do have to ask your opinion on this guy. Austin Riley. Was he a forgotten piece or just that didn't make the top 10? LJ, there was, I, I, I forgot a few guys. I'm going to be honest. Um, for whatever reason, the two guys just completely slipped my mind when making this list. Just like L, how LJ forgot Alex Bregman. I forgot. Uh, about Austin Riley, and I also forgot about Anthony Rendon. So, um, Tony, Tony, Tony does not make the top ten cut. They're still both they're they're still both omitted from my list because of that. So, look, if you're looking for an actual third baseman ranking, do not listen to me. <laughs> um, I think is... we should finish our rankings and then come back to this after, um, in the next episode with. A very brief rundown without actually explaining it of a, a true list because I don't think I can't believe we managed to do this. We like to we like to be surprised by each other's lists. Maybe we should have uh, checked them this yeah. time because Austin Riley most certainly is a top ten third baseman. Anyway, we are now at um, my number two. My number two is going to be Rafael Devers. The dude's a monster. The dude is um, going to win an MVP at some point. Look, I'm not sure if that's going to be as a DH, as a first baseman, or as a third baseman. All I know is he is an elite offensive talent. And if he is able to figure out the defensive stuff, that's just going to make him even more deadly. LJ, my number two is Nolan Arenado. You touched on him very well. He's a walking gold glove. And... Also, another guy who's well on his way to having a Hall of Fame career. I believe we are both going to end up on the same guy for the top guy here. Jose Ramirez is by far the best third baseman in the league. Frankly, the most underrated player in league history, <laughs> or not league history, but like of our of our era. I'm. I should say. I'm the average over. baseball fan has no clue who this guy is. Which is ridiculous. Honestly, he's, there's no reason he doesn't have an MVP at this point with what he's put up at this point. I there's mean, no reason. I, I love how you said that. <laughs> there is. I mean, uh, when, you th when you think of the odds, when you think of the odds of how well he's done, just to be that sneaky about it, I mean, we've got back-to-back seven-plus war years here, 2.4 war in the pandemic season in 58 games. Um, yeah, I mean, I he is one of the most slept-on players in the league. He's the best base runner in the league, too. Fangraphs has a stat called base running runs. He is on the top of that list every single year. I mean, I click sort on that list. It, it's literally always him. I don't know how he does it. And uh, unfortunately, he's been trapped to the confines of the Cleveland Guardians now. It's official. They did not win the lawsuit, so they had to switch to Guardians. Uh, Cleveland Guardians now. Just please get out of there, Jose. Any team but them. Come on, bud. All right, well, I don't think it matters what our scoring ended up being for this because this isn't going to be our 
our final list. We will come back with the full scoring in our next this episode. This was just us talking about some good third basemen. This is just some good third baseman. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, also, have a happy new year. Is this as when this comes out? It will be 2022. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next time to talk about our top 10 shortstops and left fielders. We'll see you. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.